0: Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. <laughs> Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, U.S. Bet's Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, U.S. Bet's Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein, and I am podcasting this week direct from America's gambling capital, Las Vegas. I'm staring out my window right now at Park MGM, uh, formerly Monte Carlo. Uh, I have a great view of MGM Grand from across the street, and I am happy to report there is no vomit or worse in my hotel room yet uh jeff last week you asked me what's on my tv show mount rushmore uh so here's a, a mount rushmore question for you what's the mount rushmore of vegas movies
1: yeah, you put me on the spot thankfully i have
0: an answer at the ready for
1: you i mean this is
0: <laughs> how about that's the, well, the easiest
1: question ever okay uh the hangover bugsy oceans 11 the modern version fear mm-hmm. and loathing las vegas done wow that was quick yeah well i mean i may have been prepped but I mean, still, <laughs> still, I, you still, know, you, it was
0: definitive as well. As a, it is, it is definitive. Those, those are the, the, the. Do you have? Do you have? Can you argue? I, I mean, could sort of, be, but only because I've only seen two of your four. I've oh. never seen Fear and Loathing, and I've never seen Bugsy. Um, oh. So I agree with you. I, ha- I have the Hangover and Ocean's Eleven on my list, but uh, you're not even going to give any consideration to Casino.
1: Casino. Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> All right, there's five. Get, so who do I knock? Who do I knock out? Sure. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the two that I haven't seen, so I can't tell well, you not, if one I'm of not, them's not, a little weaker.
1: I'm not knocking out Fear and Loathing. That that movie's flawed but fantastic. Okay. Bugsy, I can't knock out Bugsy. I mean, I guess at this point, I gotta say goodbye to The Hangover. Great movie, but oh, I,
0: see, I, no, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly uh, cut out The Hangover. Although, haven't seen it in a while. There's a chance it doesn't hold up uh, as well as. Uh,
1: I just watched it last week with oh, my son. Okay, all
0: right. He, and it holds he enjoyed
1: up? he. It holds up. He enjoyed it, but it's not. It's not. It's not as like uh, shocking, I guess. You know. Sure. I, you know. Yeah. In, in today's world, and right. I don't know, and plus, you know, we have you have the benefit of you know Zach Galifianakis. You know, he, he he didn't catch you by surprise like he did for many. You know. You know, I I heard of him kind of, but never. You know, that was like huge role. You know, his first big breakout. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fear and loathing, Ocean's Eleven, Bugsy, and uh, uh, Casino. Of course, if we're expanding this to Nevada movies, you got The Godfather Two trumps them all. So,
0: well, know. so that so that was part of first. Well, before I get into this category that The Godfather Two is in for me, I'll just say that um, the one other one that the, that I'll throw at you that I, I clearly it's not going to make your Mount Rushmore, but it, but it was worth a consideration and it made mine because I haven't seen some of these others. What do you think of The Cooler? Do you like I never that saw movie? I've oh, never, never seen it. Saw. All right, so, that that would have been my fourth, but it was clearly the number four of four for me. So yeah, and then there are these movies that I left off that have Vegas sequences or. Uh, like you said, maybe uh, a decent chunk of the movie is set in Nevada, but not Vegas. Like both Godfathers have have some that's Vegas true. elements. That's true. Right, Swingers, right, right. Rain Man, oh, Swingers is a good but, one. But right. to me, those are not Vegas movies. They're no, great, movie, great movies. Great movies with a with a 15 minute Vegas sequence, basically.
1: Right. right. So. No, yeah. Swingers is a it's a Los Angeles movie that takes place in Vegas. Partially,
0: yes. Right, right. and but and, and what... same with Rain Man. Rain Man is a road trip with right. a stop in Vegas. Right. Right. So. Definitely. Talk all right. Lot, but uh, I'll, I'll go with your Mount Rushmore since it sounds like you've seen uh, more than I have. We'll, we'll make that the official Mount Rushmore of the show.
1: Done. Stamp it.
0: <laughs> OK. Uh, all right. Thank you to everyone out there for joining us for episode number 238 of Gamble On. If you missed any of our previous 237 episodes, they're all available on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all other podcast apps. I'm too jet lagged this week to uh, come up with anything clever to say. I'm not I'm not sure what that means. My excuse is every other week when I come up with something unclever to say, but uh, that's all I got this week. Jeff, no, no, t- tell the pretty- people about this yeah. week's guest.
1: No, you're, you're, you're clever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, coming up a little later in the show, we're joined by our boss, the most handsome, smartest, funniest guy I know, <laughs> uh, Better Collective, U.S. exec, Adam Small. Uh, we're talking all things, you know, uh, you're know, we're, we're near it in five years post-PASPA. We're going to talk some online casino stuff, but first, As always, Eric, plenty of news to discuss. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling.
0: We discussed a few weeks ago on the pod the news that the American Gaming Association had updated its responsible marketing code for sports wagering. And this week's first news story takes things a half step further as various sports leagues and media entities have come together to form the Coalition for Responsible Sports Betting Advertising. The coalition includes all the major U.S. pro sports leagues, plus several next-tier leagues like NASCAR and WNBA, as well as NBC and Fox. And they've established, quote, six core principles for advertising. Uh, Those principles market to adults of legal betting age. Don't promote irresponsible or excessive gambling. No misleading advertising, i.e. risk-free terminology. Ads should be in good taste, which is, of course, very subjective, but okay. Publishers should have internal reviews of ads. And publishers should consider consumer complaints about the ads. Jeff, what do you think of this coalition and its six core principles and... To what extent do you think this is happening because everyone wants to get out in front of Paul Tonko's federal legislation to eliminate sports betting advertising?
1: Yeah, I mean, like these six core principles are kind of like, you know, no shit. I mean, it's like, (laughs) you know, they should have added a seventh. Let's make sure the sky remains blue. Uh, (laughs) You know, these are all nice. And, you know, it would have meant a lot more if they did this five years ago, probably. Um, Because, yeah, this is obviously an attempt to get back out in front. Of the conversation. So it's good. I mean, but this is, you know, this kind of goes to show you like how bullshit all this shit is like, you know, taco throws legislation out, you know, the AGA throws their stuff out. Now the leagues are throwing their stuff out. It's all a bunch of, you know, talk, 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 talk means nothing. The, the When will sports betting advertising start drying up after, you know, it's a business that's been around for 20 years and there's only like three guys left, I, you know, right. I don't know. Yes. Good, good, good for them. Good for the coalition. I, I applaud them. It's a smart thing that they've done, but it's like, OK, like, let's, you know, let's not get too carried away. Like, you know, obviously they're doing this because the, the the industry has been on the, you know, crap end of, you know, nonsense over the course of the last six months. Right? right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's It's definitely a reaction to the way the wind is blowing on that front. I mean, it's certainly a good thing. To yeah, a, it's good. A, a, you it's know, good. have this consortium of the most powerful leagues and networks all coming together, and and just basically saying, at least we're working on this. We're taking it seriously. You know, we've said this before. Nobody seems remotely worried about Tonko's legislation passing, but no. You know, this makes it that much more remote. I guess that that the industry at least now has this counter argument. Uh, hey, look, you don't you don't need to ban the ads. We're we're on top of it. We're addressing any issues you may have. I mean. The ads are so much better. Not that the ads are good; they're you, most of them are really lame. But but they're so much better, at least from in terms of these quote unquote core principles. than like, do you remember how many of the early DFS ads were just? I turned right. twenty dollars into a hundred thousand right. dollars. You know, <laughs> right, right, the advertising right. has already come a long way, promoting sports betting more as a form of entertainment than as a way to get rich. Um, right. As for those rules, those core principles, my one bone to pick is with should be in good taste um is an image of a woman in a bikini in good taste or not in good taste um you know it's it's like it's like beer ads uh, what i i I think two people could have very different views on whether what they're seeing in a typical beer ad is is in good taste or not so that uh that part is just so vague that 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 it's maybe kind of extra useless um but um i I do like these principles spelling out that the network should review the ads and sort of seems to be saying like consider not running the ad if it's not meeting uh, with these principles Uh, it's good to empower the network that way i guess
1: yeah it's curious that it's only nbc and fox i mean espn wasn't noted here um so i don't know what that means but, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, this is I, I guess this is the industry trying to build its moat a little bit around, right. you know, it's better to police yourself than it is to, like, get policed. Right. So hopefully it's not too little too late. But I mean, you know, this is, you know, I mean, come on, like, let, let's let's not let's not think that this is like some great day. in you know, the sports betting industry's history here. It's nice. Right. It's a nice thing.
0: Right. We've probably already spent more time talking about it than it really merits. But (laughs) so, okay. so let's go on to our next story here, which double dips somewhat with part of our upcoming conversation with Adam Small, as we'll be getting Adam's take on what the future holds for iCasino expansion. And this week's news on that front is that, holy shit, iCasino just keeps making more and more money for the operators in the few states where it's offered Michigan just set a new single-state single-month record in March with $171.8 million in gross revenue just from online casino. Uh, But while while they smashed their previous record, they were still only about $6 million ahead of New Jersey in March, which set its own state record with $165.7 million, while Pennsylvania set its state record at $148.2 million to give the state its first ever $500 million total gambling revenue month. Uh, I'm not sure why March was so massive, maybe a lot of March madness betting and and a lot of cross-sell that went along with that, but wow, online casino just keeps growing in the states that have it. Jeff, without stepping too much on the toes of what Adam will have to say in the interview, at what point do you think these numbers will start swaying legislatures? And they are beautiful toes that Adam has. I just want to be clear
1: about that. Uh, he's going he's to kill me after this podcast. Uh,
0: you're, you're basically figuratively sucking those toes right now. Well, you said that, not me. But uh, uh,
1: listen, Adam's a great guy. I'm sure he's chuckling and listen to this. But, you know, the, the thing, by the way, Michigan didn't just smack; They killed, like, they're, they're like, by $20 million, right. like, they, they set their record by. It just keeps going up and up and up. Uh, I guess I worry a little bit about people who are actually losing this money, right? Because it right. just seems to be growing and growing and growing. I, I know we don't have access to numbers. Is it more people playing, or the same amount of people losing more? You know, how does that break down? I I I'd be interested to know that. But uh, but you know, as Adam's going to say, you know, there, there's there's just not a lot of interested parties uh, when it comes to I casino. It's basically the operators, you know. But I'll tell you, if I if I'm lobbying for the operators, I, I'm going to these legislators and I'm saying. This is guaranteed, you know, we, yeah, sports betting is not the, you know, the, the, it, it's not making it as much as maybe you thought, but this will look at what it's doing in Michigan. Look at what, it, I mean, I think in Michigan, I, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but last I checked taxable, you know, they, they were getting like almost 10 times the amount of tax money the state right. from casino. I mean, these are big, big numbers. And I, you know, I, I've been saying for a few years now. I think once that COVID relief money dries up, which now it pretty much is dried up for these states, they're gonna have to start looking, knocking around, you know, cleaning out the kitchen cupboards, looking for a way to bring a little extra revenue into the state without raising taxes. This is this is a surefire as it gets.
0: Or or they just raise taxes.
1: Well, right, but I mean you know, given an opportunity to not raise taxes right, and right. offer and offer the public something that they clearly want, right? I mean, like it's hard to argue that the public Maybe
0: the public doesn't know they want this, but the public wants this based right. on the states where it's legal, right? right? Yeah, and uh, I mean specific to Michigan, I, I still can't quite figure out why that state has so consistently lost more money on online casino than Pennsylvania, which has a slightly higher population and got an earlier start in all this. I haven't seen a great explanation anywhere, but for whatever reason, uh, Misha Gamblers, as your predecessor Rafe Bartholomew dubbed them, they sure do love iCasino for Whatever yeah. reason, um, I'm not sure where the tipping point is money-wise in terms of what they're generating for for stimulating legislation. Yeah, I, I might have thought it was when a few states started breaking 100 million in in a month, which happened, I think, pretty early in the pandemic. We suddenly started hitting that, or really, it should have been. Just at the start of the pandemic, here was a way for casinos in all states to make some money while their doors were closed. You might have thought someone would try to hurry some legislation along back then. Um, but neither of those uh, caused the floodgates to open. I, so I don't expect these big March numbers to change anything. It's Joe Adabo and New York. That, that That's yeah. the one to watch. If he gets that passed next year, everyone else will take notice. Until that happens, though, the lesson of you know, hey, look at all this free money for your state. It, it's just not sinking in, and I, I, I don't think it's really going too strong enough to, to fully flip the switch.
1: Yeah, you're, I think you're right. I think New York holds the key.
0: Right. All right, we save this week's juiciest story for last. Uh, we have us a good old-fashioned possible fixed game scandal, and though it wasn't in a U.S.-based sporting event, it does involve quite a few well-known athletes to American sports fans. This was in the Chinese Basketball Association where Yao Ming is the president of the league, and it involved the Shanghai Sharks, a team that has featured the likes of former NBA stars Eric Bledsoe and Michael Beasley this season. In the final 96 seconds of an elimination playoff game last Friday, the Jiangsu Dragons committed several bad turnovers and blew a small lead and lost to the Sharks, and the CBA announced soon after that both teams would be fined for, quote, lack of competitive effort throughout the series and the coaches and GMs for both teams were suspended for up to 5 years while the league continues to investigate. The implication is that the CBA thinks these teams were conspiring to fix games. Jeff, I'm sure you've seen the clips from the end of the game. How bad did this look to you and what implications do you see this having for American sports and sports betting if any? I mean, it looked bad, I guess, right? It didn't it didn't look great, I'll tell you that much. Right. Uh but I
1: don't know. I'm not particularly worried about this. I mean, at least with the sports we actually care about, you know, like the big sports. Um, I mean, listen, if there is match fixing happening now, post-PASPA, there was certainly match fixing happening before then. If, you, right. know, you know what I'm saying? I don't think legalized sports betting is going to be the cause for match fixing. Um, if anything, at least what we're told, like, it, you know, it being above board should help you know curtail the idea yeah. of this. You know, with the sport radars of the world and such, you know, keeping a close watch on betting patterns and whatever. Uh, So I'm not worried about it really at all. I'm not – I won't be surprised if at some point we have a pretty big-ish scandal here in America, but I – I can't imagine it's going to be with one of the major sports, you know, right. like, you know, I could see, you know, like tennis, you know, any sport where it's individual, you know, I could see it right for happening. Any sport that's small, I could see it right for happening. But I, but not because of pass, just because humanity, you know, I mean, this is, you know, there certainly was match fixing before it was legal. So I don't know. Yeah, well, not I know. that work.
0: Yeah, I agree completely that it, if if anything, it should be less of a concern post-PASPA. That, I mean, this is part of why you regulate this stuff. If a bookie is getting to players, it can be harder to trace. If someone making big bets on a regulated site is in cahoots with players, flags will go up. U.S. Integrity gets a call and looks into it. Um, I'll note that, that that tanking and fixing— are two different things, Uh, but they've kind of been discussed alongside each other in stories about this. But if this is anything, it it certainly feels like fixing. Um, This isn't like the Mavericks basically throwing a game late in the season to improve their draft stock. That was to tank. There was uh, talk of the Sharks tanking an earlier playoff game because of some possible upside of them letting that series go more games so that they get a suspended Bledsoe back earlier in the next series. Um, On the surface, I I don't see any tanking upside to losing an elimination game in the playoffs. I'm also confused why if you were trying to lose, you would allow yourselves to lead by four points with under two minutes to play. That's just well, thing things happen, you know. <laughs> I guess, but that tells me they're they're pretty bad at criming if uh, if <laughs> if that's how they approach this. I don't know. Watching the video, the turnovers looked unclear, you know, semi believable. It was, just,
1: that it was you could the rash of them. It was right, it was,
0: right. It was the number of them. But then I, I, I think the thing that looked more problematic was the lack of defense after the turnovers in a couple of cases. It was like, here, take this layup and score. So, um, yeah, it it doesn't look good. Um, but you know when, when it comes to convincing the public that any sport is on the up and up, it can be hard. You know, if, if there is any gray area, people will cry fix. I'm here in Vegas to cover boxing. And does any sport have a worse reputation than boxing? Uh, some of it is stupid conspiracy theory, nonsense, or, Jake LaMotta admitted taking a dive 75 years ago, so I guess the whole sport is rigged. There's some of that, but a lot of it is the fact that the scoring in boxing is routinely terrible and and the sport has brought its reputation upon itself. I, I would say it should be every other sport's goal to avoid being thought of the way the general public thinks of boxing. It's aspirational.
2: It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview.
0: There are probably only three people in the world who care about who holds the record for most guest appearances on Gamble On, me, Adam Small, and Dan Bach. And I have bad news for Dan. Joining us now for the seventh time, putting him in a tie for the lead with Dan to discuss the state of the online gambling industry nearly five years after the fall of PASPA, is our boss and executive with Better Collective U.S., Adam Small. Adam, welcome once again to Gamble On.
2: Hey, it's awesome to be back and awesome to uh, take over this tie that will soon be a lead over Dan. As I'm planning to come back next week, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Well, listen, you are the boss. You call the shots. So uh, if you say you want to come back next week, there's not much I can do about it. So, uh, Adam, you could probably do a a 30-minute spiel on how affiliate sites work and and the benefits they provide to the industry, but but let's try for the two- or three-minute version instead. Um, Affiliates are in the spotlight lately with Massachusetts deciding to ban revenue-sharing deals but allow CPA deals, and New York proposing its own rules that would ban affiliates. So for those in the audience who are unfamiliar – how do affiliate sites like U.S. Bets work? And what are your thoughts, Adam, on these proposed bans and restrictions?
2: Yeah, well, I'll start with the first question. Um, to give kind of the simple version of it, we're in charge of bringing new customers to the sports books. So uh, as an affiliate, rather than getting paid to put banners up, as a lot of sites do, that just simply advertise and get paid for how many impressions those advertisements have, Uh, We get paid when our advertisements actually convert new customers for the sports books. So we don't get paid anything for people simply seeing the ad. We get paid when someone clicks it and creates an account and becomes a customer. And the two main ways of compensating affiliates historically have been CPA, which is cost per acquisition, or revenue sharing. And in the case of CPA, you're just getting paid a flat fee. Maybe it's, you know, $100 you're getting for each new customer that you send to a sports book that qualifies by, you know, depositing however many dollars and gambling, how many, however many dollars you just get paid that fee one time. Uh, If you're on revenue sharing, it means that throughout the lifetime of the customer or more commonly these days for some set duration of time, you receive a percentage of the uh, revenue that's generated by that customer for the sports book. Um, And so uh I've been in this kind of business for a long time. We did it with poker for a number of years. Uh we've done it with online casinos. We do it for sports betting. And uh it's it has come under some fire recently in uh regulate like sort of regulator circles. I don't believe it's come under fire for any of the reasons that I would consider really concerning reasons for the industry. Uh there have been a lot of issues historically with affiliates particularly in unregulated markets using unscrupulous tactics to draw in customers, uh, advertising to underage gamblers, advertising to at-risk problem gamblers, uh, providing misleading or flat out false information and so on. Uh, A lot of that stuff's gone on historically, but it's really not happening much or at all in regulated markets. For the most part, affiliates are, pretty heavily regulated. Uh, They're regulated both by the regulators themselves and the operators who have guidelines that they need to adhere to. Um, And there are very few partners to work with. So it's not like uh, there's some fringe sports book where you can get away with everything or some fringe affiliate, um, which would have been the case in less regulated times. So I think a lot of this concern is misplaced. But, you know, here we are.
0: So it's so it's mostly you think a matter of just Getting the regulators educated—that some of them are, are, some of these regulators are are new to this industry, don't understand how it works—and just with a little bit of education and information, these are not going to turn into significant problems for affiliates.
2: I think that's, I think that's probably right, but it doesn't mean that none of these regulations are going to pass. I mean, it might just be that some states decide they're going to ban affiliate marketing for whatever reason, and you know, we'll have to use companies like us. We'll have to use a different model. To, uh, to work with our sportsbook partners, um, but I don't believe that it's solving a real problem in this case. I think that there are probably conflating issues that have happened in offshore markets and unregulated markets with uh, what's going on in, in uh, U.S. regulated markets. And without, without going too far down the sort of conspiracy theory path, I wouldn't be at all surprised if certain operators are involved in pushing narratives with regulators that Either de- deflect blame for themselves uh, for issues they've had, or even just you know that they view as potentially advent- advantaging themselves versus the com- competition by getting affiliates out of the way that you know they're having a harder time being successful with than other operators. So um, it's it's always really hard to tell who's exactly got their hands in something, but I don't think the regulators got these ideas out of nowhere like someone came to them and said these affiliates are a problem and look at all this stuff. And, and, you know, that's how we got where we are now.
1: Yeah. Adam, I want to talk about uh, iCasino for a minute. Uh, I'm surprised, frankly, that only a handful of states six by my count have legalized iCasino. Clearly the operators would want iCasino as, as any, anywhere it's legal. It's clearly making a lot more money than sportsbook operations. What, why do you think there's been a delay uh, in other states, get on board on this. What do you think is going to push it forward? Uh, do you think New York eventually legalizing it will, is going to be like the uh, you know the tipping point?
2: It's a question I get a lot, and it's something I think about a lot. Uh, clearly, iGaming or iCasino is an important product for uh, toward the end of the operators getting profitable. Uh, as of yet, you know, there's been a lot of money burnt trying to acquire customers, whether it's been in the DFS space or sports betting, uh, online poker or whatever in the US. It's mostly just been people chasing land and customers and market access and spending a lot of cash to get there. And online casino is a path toward, I, I guess, more rapid profitability than they can get in some of these other verticals. So it is a priority for the uh, for for the companies like Flutter and DraftKings and and BetMGM and so on to get this done, and they will be you know using lobbying muscle. But um, I think you're gonna you're gonna run into issues with sort of fewer kind of general stakeholders being interested in it. And that making it a little bit of a steeper climb to get there, like with sports betting, even though, you know, the NFL and all those guys sort of officially were against it, you know, that they knew that they were actually going to make more money and up viewership by getting these things done. So even if they kind of tacitly stood in the way, uh, a lot of the leagues were kind of starting to change their stances or even just full on support it and eventually all the leagues and, and, you know, most teams and so on support online sports betting which wasn't the case for a long time uh with online casino they have less of a reason to care like they don't really care if uh draft is profitable or whatever they just care that they keep on doing what they're doing and spending their money um it's not it, it's not something that really benefits other stakeholders around the space nearly as much as online sports betting kind of benefits a broad range of people so it is tougher to um, kind of get institutional support. It's tougher to get legislative support. Um, I think just culturally, people are pretty on board with sports betting in general. Whereas um, when you talk about online casino games, I just don't think it's something that people are used to talking about publicly. It's something that a lot of people maybe do, but don't tell people they do. Or, um, you know, it's also just kind of different subsets of the uh, of the population, different demographics. Um, it's a lot more like ladies, uh, you know, 40 plus ladies, whereas sports betting targets a younger male demographic it, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, it's just tougher to go out in public and say this is something that that we should have. Whereas I don't think if you pulled on it, I don't think that it would be that people would say this should be illegal. But there's also probably not going to be people marching in the streets casino like uh the uh the famous dfs protest in new york a number of years ago jeff you were probably there right i would i, I should have
1: <laughs> been i would have been uh you know about the do you, so do you think it will come down to a, like a money issue for states like if it's an easy revenue grab for them you know they've been fat with covid money state legislatures but that's you know that's no more um might might money be the end up being the deciding factor it usually is. Right. I mean,
2: uh, I, you know, I, I, I hate to uh, invoke the New York Times, uh, you know, anecdote about the Kansas legislator getting his favorite cigar and whiskey and everything. But, you know, it's going to be stuff like that at the end of the day. They're going to they're going to get legislators on board by, you know, filling their <laughs> filling their coffers with whatever. That's just I mean, it's the way business gets done. It, it is. It sucks. I hate it. Like, I, I don't support that at all. Um, and I think it's really unfortunate. But at the same time, I don't support it being illegal forever, just because that's the only way to get legislators to do anything. Right. I feel like the, the industry is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's like, either you don't ever get this stuff regulated, or you do a bunch of stuff that people probably have moral qualms with in order to get it regulated but let's um, let's be clear for a second it's not just
1: the industry that engages in lobbying if, if you, you are running a you know save children from cancer operation you're lobbying as well like that's just the way all business gets made at the you know at, at state and federal you know legislatures
2: sure yeah and i mean obviously we could we could get into a long. uh discussion about all the the failures of representative government that that exists out there but i I, and i agree with you i just think um in this case in particular where you know there's a lot of money on the other end um it just gets very unscrupulous and and the legis there's just a lot of legislators with their hands out who are not willing to move and i i get the feeling that most most legislators are not like this most of them just want to get stuff done and do good but you know the people that end up in these positions of committee chair or whatever else, the ones that are actually able to get these bills pushed through, typically uh, want a lot in exchange for whatever they're able to do. So um, it's tough. I mean, New York uh, amazingly got sports betting through, uh, you know, a couple whenever it was a year and a half or so ago. But I mean, that was years and years of speculation over online poker in New York, where sometimes it would pass one house, but not the other. And it all felt like strangely orchestrated. Like, it, you know, they just they wanted the lobbying dollars to keep flowing in. They weren't ready to make a move. And then they would appear like they get really close. And then the next year would be like, "Well, oh, we got so close last year. We just need a little more money to get there this year. And uh, it just seems like, especially in these bigger states, the bigger the state, the more money on the line, the more people with their hands out and and asking for more. So um, it's hard to say when things will get done, but they will get done, Jeff. I mean, we're not going to be standing here 10 years from now with only six states doing iCasino. I just don't see that at all. I sure. think it's, you know, it, it may not be that it's adopted as quickly as, as sports betting has been, which has really uh, spread in amazing fashion around the country. But um, there's going to be more states and eventually this will be a pretty standard product that's offered in a lot of the country.
0: Well, uh, speaking of the states that keep teasing us and getting close uh, over and over again uh, before finally getting across the finish line, uh, we have to talk about the state that you live in, Adam, uh, Georgia, quite possibly the number one Lucy pulling the football out as Charlie Brown approaches state when it comes to legalizing sports betting. How frustrating has this been for you as a Georgian and uh what year would you predict the state will finally
2: figure this out and get something done? It's really disappointing and um I'll tell you why. Uh I'm I guess I'm plugged in with certain people on the ground here. I'm very friendly with the guys who run Prize Picks, which is based in Atlanta and well connected with the sports teams around here. And um and so I sometimes, you know, hear a little bit of insider chatter on just, you know, the goings on. And my understanding is that for quite a while now, all of the major sports teams in Georgia, uh, including the Atlanta United, support uh, support sports betting legalization. There's not a lot of disagreement, really, on how to do it. Uh, obviously, there might be minor disagreements, but nothing that would be like holding it up the way, you know, tribes and card rooms and all that have, have gone at each other in California Um, And it's really just become a matter of almost kind of traditional politics. Like you have uh, a state that has an urban center that makes up, you know, a huge amount of the population of the state. But uh, the the state legislature and and, uh, capital are pretty much run by uh, the rural parts of the state and, and people who represent those parts of the state. And because of that, a lot of, you know, major political decisions turn into these battles between these two contingents, the people representing the urban and suburban versus the people representing the rural parts of the state. Um, I'm sure this is like a familiar thing living in Pennsylvania. I mean, like there's a lot of that happening up there as well. So you end up in a situation where, um, you know, you've got to convince people who have certain convictions about religion and morality and so on that, that, you know, this is an acceptable activity. And I really think it's as, as simple as that. I think Texas is in many ways in the same position, um, probably with like less demographic advantages than Georgia has towards getting this done where you just, um, you just don't have enough people in the legislature who actually support the activity. It's, it's really as simple as that. I I don't think it's, it's about like, you know, stakeholders getting what they want or anything. Um, so I think it'll happen eventually. Um, there's just going to be fewer and fewer reasons for it not to happen here, but, um, it, it has been frustrating. I mean, I, I've sometimes, like, you guys live in gambling states, you know, I sometimes have mixed feelings, like, would I gamble a lot more? Would that be good? I don't know. But, um, you know, I also, like, feel weird when I, like, you know, I've always got to call someone else to, you know, definitely not have them place bets for me in other states <laughs> or anything. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, because uh, I would never do that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it just... It, it seems silly. I, I, I guess you asked for a year, I don't know, uh, 2026, but I hope sooner. And it, it could be like New York where you just think it's always a few years away. And then one year it just happens. So, um, I mean, it's, it's just so hard to predict. And what about like just overreaching
1: thoughts, you know, we're incredibly, it seems like five years now, you know, post PASPA, um, do you, is the industry where you thought it would be five years on? Is it behind? Is it ahead of the curve? Where, 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 do, you, where do you land on that?
2: I think I was probably pessimistic about um, how many states would legalize compared to what's actually happened. I knew a lot of other people who weren't. Like, I think after seeing the DFS lobbying push that had pretty good results over a short period of time, maybe some people believed that you know these same companies would have similar success. I was like... If you'd have told me half the country or it's more right that has online sports betting now
1: uh as far as I think it's 20 24 plus DC play, then it's gonna be Kentucky and yeah so yeah we'll we'll call it we'll call it over half
2: yeah so like about half the country obviously the three biggest states don't don't have it Florida's kind of its own situation but um you know if you'd told me that around 25 states would have it after five years I would have said under maybe by a little. Um, it's not been like astounding how much it's spread, but it's, it's, uh, it's been more successful maybe than I thought it would be. And, um, I think that things have gone really well overall. I mean, there there are clearly some issues you're starting to get a negative media narrative at the national level. I think the New York times series started that, but, um, I, I think that you'll be seeing more of that. And it's something that the industry is going to have to work hard to counter. And I don't just mean counter in a PR way, but counter by actually being good at what they do and and behaving well. And um, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's gone reasonably well. There haven't been major, terrible, high profile problem gambling issues that I know of. I mean, if the Calvin Ridley thing is the worst thing that's happened, that's not that bad. I mean, the guy, the guy gambled a relatively small amount of money, got caught, got in pretty serious trouble for it. And I think that's kind of what's supposed to happen, right? right when right. someone does this. Um, I mean, there, there hasn't been like a widespread, you know, issue with players gambling or anything like that. Um, there haven't been, any terrible, like, violent incidents or anything, I think that for the most part, it's gone pretty smoothly, and the media narrative around it has been pretty smooth, and we've had a steady rollout of successful, fairly uneventful state launches. So um, I would say that things are going pretty positively so far. In terms of industry revenue growth, I would also say they've gone pretty positively. Um, I I don't remember the numbers offhand, but I know that, um, you know, handle and revenue just keep on growing uh, at a national level and in many states, including like New Jersey, it's kind of astonishing really how much it's grown over the years and how it's, you know, not tailed off and how New York didn't even seem to slow it down when New York came online. So I think there's a lot to be proud of and to be happy about. And um, and what I'm really interested in now is sort of this next wave of competitors Because since Paspo went down, it's really been the FanDuel and DraftKings story around the U.S. I think, you know, BetMGM is kind of like that third player. But, um, you know, the rest, including even Caesars, have have been fairly minor players in this whole thing. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see this next wave uh, that includes Fanatics, for example, that includes Bet365 really starting to get serious in the U.S. And you can see they got meaningful market share in Ohio, uh, a major state that they had gotten ahead of. I mean, I was in Cleveland for some baseball games last year in May, you know, many months ahead of the Ohio launch and they had bet three sixty five on the fence of the stadium there where the the guardians play in Cleveland. Um, You know, they've, they've gotten ahead of marketing some places, even if they hadn't been launched really anywhere other than New Jersey for, for the most part, but um, they're going to matter. I think hard rock, uh, you know, has a meaningful brand and presence around the U S that, will matter when they want it to matter although they have sort of different maybe some kind of different kinds of goals than companies like DraftKings have um but uh I think overall you're just going to see that there's some some weaker competitors that continue to disappear from the U.S. market or fade away um some of these some of these companies I don't know I don't want to like name names negatively, but I just, I think that um, it's clear that some companies that have tried just haven't gotten there in terms of getting the kind of market share that could make them profitable. And so it'll be really interesting to see as some of those guys just decide it's not worth continuing to spend money to be in the U.S. I think Unibet already came out and said they're just going to focus on casino, not sports betting for the most part. Um, You might see more of that. You might see more of just some of these smaller companies. These also rands just deciding it's not worth it because market access is such a, such a hump to get over in the U S and uh, you know, it will, we'll kind of see some new competitors coming in and it's going to be a different game. And and I don't think uh, you didn't ask for predictions, but I'll put it out there. I don't think five years from now, it's going to be just a FanDuel and DraftKings story. I think hmm. that, you know, someone else is going to find a way into that top three and matter at a national level. All right. All right. Well, you heard it here first.
0: Right. All right. So so yep. we'll we'll pencil you in for another appearance in five years to confirm uh, five, what, yeah. what you just said. <laughs> but also, but also, maybe we'll have you back on uh, next week as you had hoped to talk to, to do a solid fifteen or twenty minutes on the failures of representative government. Uh, we'll we'll dive yes. deeper into that next week.
1: That Thank that and inter- just political <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So maybe he'll announce his intentions to to run for benign dictator. You
2: got my vote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I, you know, a uh, chance of me running for office is uh, lower than the chance of California legalizing sports betting this year. Wow. So mm. <laughs> All right. I thought you were going to compare
0: your chances to Connor Roy that you were
2: polling similarly to him. But I guess not as long as I stay above one percent, you know, right. um, it'll just cost about one hundred million dollars and- <laughs> seat at the table. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we're always happy to have you pull up a seat at our table, Adam. Uh, thanks for for joining us again on Gamble On. It's been awesome.
2: Thanks. Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll.
0: Let's update our betting bankroll and...
1: Yeah, do we have
0: to update the betting bankroll? It's not good. <laughs> we do. We do. We have a responsibility to the to the listeners. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I'll try and go quickly. We we had uh, four bets that got graded in the past week, all of them losers. Uh, first, uh, around the middle of the NBA season, I bet on Nick Claxton for defensive player of the year at 50 to 1 odds. Yeah, good bet. it was all right. Although he you ended lost. up much longer than 50 to 1 even. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I liked uh, it at the time. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> we like them all at the time. <laughs> Uh, So we lose $20 on that. That was a no big deal loss. My boxing bet was was a big deal loss. I took massive favorite Joe Joyce to win by KO over Zhang Jolie at minus 227. And not only didn't Joyce win by knockout, but he got his ass handed to him and lost himself by TKO in the sixth round. So we lost $227 on what I thought was a safe bet there. My other loss was smaller, but perhaps more painful. I had a three-leg MLB SGP on the Rays game last Thursday. They needed to win by at least two runs. They did. They needed a homer from Brandon Lowe. They got one, and they needed a hit from Wander Franco, a minus 300 leg on its own, but he didn't get a hit. So instead of a big $430 win, we took a $60 loss. And lastly, we had your three-leg MLB parlay, Jeff, which died on the first leg when uh, the pitcher Springs came out with an injury. He uh, hadn't yet hit his over on strikeouts, so that was that. And then the other two legs lost all- also. So, uh, But if we're trying to uh, take a glass-half-full look, it's better that you lost one $50 parlay than that you had placed three individual bets and they all lost, right?
1: Well, yeah, and I would have been one for three, except but well, the pitcher I had, one of his K's, the uh, springs, whatever, he, he popped his ulnar collateral. So, right, I mean, right. so- that's a bad, yeah. I want, I want my money back on that one. It's
0: <laughs> yes, you should be complaining. Don't, but please, Sportsbook, ignore the other two legs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, all in all, a terrible week for us. Uh, looking at our futures, uh, I don't know, most of them aren't too promising. We really could use the Kings holding on to beat the Warriors, but uh, I, I don't want to jinx that promising start. Uh, for the week, we lost $357. We're now down by $2,401. We also have $1,765 on hold in futures bets so that, leaves. Us with $5,834 available to bet with this week, and you're up first, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I've been going a little crazy. Uh, it's time to reel it in. Uh Simple. Give me, I wish I bet this earlier when it was seven and a half, but I'll take the Kings getting five and a half points at Golden State tonight. One ten to win a hundred. I, I, I mean, I, when when the, when do the Kings get respect as being just simply a better team? I I don't get it. I, I yeah. don't understand.
0: Especially with Draymond Green suspended. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, I, I don't get it. I, I really. It seems like I, it started. It opened at seven and a half. It's been bet down to five and a half. But still, I mean, oh, seven and a half to me was no. I mean, I would eh, wish I saw it then. But whatever. <laughs> One ten <110 laughs> to win a hundred. There
0: you go. All right, um, I'm reeling it in. Yes, Uh, I have a bad feeling you're going to be unreeling it by your next bet, but we'll see. No, I'm not. I won't. Oh, this this week you're fully reeled in. Fully reeled in. Fully reeled. Okay. Um, As long as I'm in Vegas to cover boxing this week, I'll go with all boxing wagers for the bankroll. I did really want to bet. Damar Hamlin for comeback player of the year, but I waited too long and he's like minus 650 yeah. now. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't really have time this week uh, with all the traveling to think about any other sports, so I'm just sticking with boxing. And I'll start with the main event Saturday. A fight, uh, apparently, according to something I read, second only to the Super Bowl for average ticket prices among all sporting events so far in 2023. Thank God I'm in the media and not a paying customer. Uh, it's Javante Tank Davis versus King Ryan Garcia. And I love the fight. But I do feel fairly strongly about which way it's going to go. I think Tank wins, and I think he wins by knockout. Maybe after falling behind on points, as he sometimes does, but he's just such a clever boxer and heavy-handed puncher. I think he'll get Garcia out of there. Davis by TKO, regular KO, or DQ is minus 140 at DraftKings. So let's uh, lay $140 to win 100 on that.
1: All right. uh, My next bet. I don't love this one, especially because I have the over at, like, plus 550 in in real life. But I, I think at this point I'm taking it. It's the number of quarterbacks drafted uh, at the NFL draft next week. I'm going to go under 4.5 at minus 115 at DK. That's 115. We'll put down to win 100. Uh, it's Hooker. You know, is is Hooker going to get drafted in the first round? Right. I say it's a coin flip. And at the, uh, And the other thing, remember last year— uh, Willis, like they, they thought he was a top right, ten pick, right, and he right. didn't go until the third round. Right. I'm wondering if the same thing might not happen to Anthony Richardson. It's possible, you know. So I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take the under here and let let my override at the j- giant odds I have it at. And uh, so this is just, I'm not in love with it, but I'm hedging. A, a, I'm, I'm gonna hedge in fake life with my real real <laughs> life.
0: Okay, you're getting all your lives all mixed up together.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, so under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round. Okay. Um, on the undercard of the big pay-per-view Saturday, the one betting line that stood out to me was the over under on rounds for the rematch between Beck, the bully, Melikuziev and Gabe Rosado. Uh, Two years ago, Rosado won their first fight on a shocking one punch KO in the third round. Now Beck is a massive favorite to win the rematch. People view that result as a fluke and Rosado is near the end of the line. And I agree with all that, but nobody has ever gotten rid of Rosado quickly. I'm frankly on the fence about whether Beck wins a decision or forces a stoppage. I I do lean stoppage, but I think it's more likely to happen late. I I was surprised to see the over under on round set at four and a half. I really think the fight is at least 75% likely to get beyond that point. We have to pay a little juice on the over, but it's worth it. It's minus 130, so let's do 130 to win 100. Doesn't matter who wins the fight; it just needs to go past the midpoint of the fifth round.
1: All right. See, we're all we're very reasonable today. Uh, and for my last bet, uh, keeping it keeping the theme alive here of uh-huh. reasonable, uh, a five team XFL slash USFL money line parlay. Uh,
0: <laughs> I knew it. I knew it.
1: <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh Stallions over the sh- USFL first. Stallions over the Showboats, uh Generals over the Maulers and the Stars over the Panthers. These are all favorites by the way. What could go wrong? And then in the XFL, the Battlehawks over the Guardians, duh, and the Sea Dragons <laughs> over the Vipers. Both these teams have to win if they have any hopes of sneaking in the playoffs here. So yeah, it's five teams, 100 bucks at plus 450. Let's let's get her done.
0: Only plus 450 for a five-teamer, yeah. huh? There's some big, big favorites in here, I guess. Yeah, there are. There are, but
1: that's, I, I, that's why I started. I'm keeping things reasonable.
0: <laughs> okay. Everyone has their own definition of reasonable, I suppose.
1: Apparently, yeah. Uh,
0: so my third bet, actually, is is somewhat Edelstein-inspired. Um, I'm taking my minus 140 Davis KO bet and my minus 130 over four and a half rounds bet and parlaying them together at DraftKings as my third bet. Uh, So we're we're either winning a lot or losing a lot on my boxing bets this week. There's not a whole lot of middle ground. Uh, The parlay comes out to a very reasonable plus 203. So let's put down another $100 to win 203 if both of my bets are as sharp as I think they are.
1: We're, we're, we, we, uh, I hope so. We've been running cold.
0: <laughs> we have. It's got to turn around, right?
1: Yeah, it's got to. That's well, well, what uh, every God gambler
0: is, tells themselves. God is strong. God is strong.
1: It might. It might. It,
0: it ought to if it knows it, what's good for it.
1: That's right. That's, we'll take it out behind the tool shed.
0: <laughs> this is what it's come to. We've resorted to threatening the gambling gods, kind yeah, of. the
1: fake The fake gambling gods.
0: Right. That's true. Yeah. So these are fake threats. They can't be held against us in a court of law.
1: That's well, they can in a fake court of law. So. <laughs>
0: right. Wow. This episode got real meta. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of gamble on. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to this week's guest, Adam small. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow us bets at us underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on megaphone, Apple podcast, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. You know,
1: I, I'm not going to rant. I just it, this is a this is a slow clap here, right? I got this week, and and it goes to Fanatics because we got a you know, I got a sneak peek of their uh, beta testing. Um, you know, I got somebody sent it to me some screenshots, and I talked to them about like what exactly the you know the experience was like with betting uh, on Fanatics, and it looks awesome. Uh, the it's about the cleanest damn interface you'll see. When it comes to mobile sports books, they have some cool features such as like a editable quick bet feature. So you could like up to three, you know, $10, $20, $30, whatever your normal units are, they could be preloaded. Right. So every time you go to bet, it, they're just there. And ease of use, the, the, the fonts are Apple-esque. I don't even know what, Apple, what font Apple uses, but they look <laughs> like Apple. It is no joke. It is the cleanest interface I've seen yet. Uh, and as somebody who lives in Jersey and I got like 20 different sports books to choose from yes I will price shop for things I'm looking for but damn some of these sports books man they are painful painful to get through and fanatics isn't uh, obviously there's a you know there's big hopes for fanatics in this space uh, I think that if what their beta looks like is what they come out with I-, I think that they might grab some market share I really do it's it's such a beautiful interface it's gonna count for something I think. And uh, listen, all the more reason for me to continue to gamble on.